It's the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I'm Jonathan Osmond. He's Maurice Hawkins. I had to remember how to do this because it feels like it's been so long since the last time we came together. But look, there's a reason for it. And that is during the offseason, pretty much between free agency and the draft, there's usually not a lot that goes on. Uh, There's a lot of talk about mock drafts and I mean, yeah, if you want to nerd out over a mock draft, this probably isn't the podcast for you because, look, anybody who had uh, a, a nobody, I'll just say this, nobody had Jahan Dotson going to the Commanders last year. Nobody did. And look, it worked out great. So, I mean, for me, I'm not a big mock guy. God bless you if you are. But this year, uh, we have a lot to talk about, a little bit more, at least we've all thought we would, and, and that... The it's the will will he or won't he sell the commanders, uh, and then we've got the draft. So I guess uh, coming up in a few weeks. So I guess we'll talk about uh, what little bit that there is. So uh, how you doing, Maurice? Hey man, I'm doing well. You know, sitting here. You know, it's in April, and Dan Snyder still owns the Washington Commanders. And, but does um, he? That, uh, you know, I guess I mean, technically yes, he still does. But for how much it, longer? It, not much longer. No, All right. Longer. Well, that's what you say. So yeah. I guess today we we got the news. You know, it seems like for the last few weeks, Dan Snyder's personal um, uh, reporter, uh, <laughs> he's had a few, <laughs> but I think he's been kind of leaking out that like, please, Jeff Bezos, come buy this team. Mm-hmm. Look at this. It's six billion dollars. You can have it. I'll give mm-hmm. you a special deal for a little bit more than six billion dollars mm-hmm. and uh and today you know he jeff says i'm out mm-hmm. and i didn't i never understood one the fascination around jeff bezos mm-hmm. I mean, yeah he's super rich but we've had super rich owners it hasn't really worked out um so it's not like you get a super rich owner that it guarantees success usually mm-hmm. it means is that it's a guy that's not going to have a lot of accountability and he's going to do whatever he wants. And sometimes that means you get, um, uh, you know, college coaches that don't work out. Uh, Matt rule comes to mind most recently. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury out in, um, in Phoenix. Um, or you end up with, um, uh, you know, trading away draft picks. Cause you feel mm-hmm. like you could buy your way into the draft. Uh, like every single year that the, uh, that Daniel Snyder first owned the team. So I I just, I didn't really get that fascination. Um, but, you know, it, it, he also never had anything in his, um, in his history that said that he was ever going to be a guy that his ego needed to be fed so much that he was going to overpay for something. And let's be kind of honest with ourselves if you're paying $6 billion for the commanders, you're overpaying, right? I mean, mm-hmm. am I wrong here? Like, well, I th- what I are think you buying? It, I think it's like, it's very similar to not in scale, but just in tactics with the whole Lamar Jackson situation in Baltimore, right? That, you know, they're trying to reset the market. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson wants to go above market value for a starting quarterback. Sure. And, you know, and the Baltimore Ravens want to be at market value on a starting quarterback. And I think Daniel Snyder wants to overvalue um, the commanders. And I think the people that are interested in buying, they're like, no, slow down. I don't want to pay that much for it. So Usually people um, with this much money 
billions of dollars are not dumb to overpay right. for things. <laughs> right. So I mean, what, there are so some what, that are, I so guess, interesting. a little free with money. Yeah, so Bezos is out, and then it was the guy, his name, um, Fertitta? Is that his name? Yeah, I told him Fertitta, but he's probably out yeah. anyway because um, he bought a casino, right? And that's that's in conflict yeah. with yeah. Uh, being able to own an NFL team. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Right. But if, I think he said his bid was $5.6 billion. Sure. So, and Bezos is out. So it looks as though that just based off these 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 um, breadcrumbs or data points is that we're right below $6 billion as far as the market sure. value of the commanders. So I think that we got to look at the Josh Harris group and where they might be. So they might be the ones that could pull the trigger. We don't know yet. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of times it's like this whole selling of the commanders drama fest has been very, very exciting and very, very boring at the same time. Um, (laughs) Exciting that there's a lot of interest from different uh, groups of rich people wanting to own this team, uh, but very boring that nothing has been done yet, right? So we've we've been teased and teased and teased and teased and teased for months right now, and we're like two weeks away from the draft, and Dan Snyder still owns his team. So, yeah. I think that though, uh, you know, I think somebody astutely pointed out, like in Deron Payne's deal and others, that mm-hmm. um, he, uh, Daniel Snyder, I guess, uh, put in a lot of the contracts of when the signing bonuses were to get paid out, mm-hmm. and those signing bonuses get paid out just beyond the owners' meeting mm-hmm. um, that's coming up at the end of May, so. I guess maybe what some people are speculating is that, hey, that's his timeline to have um, signed a deal. And then there's this owner's meeting in May and then they can make a decision. And that was if you follow the timeline for when the Broncos sold, uh, I want to say the Broncos deal was finalized in around May, June. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it went through NFL approval uh, throughout the summer, which is usually two months. So it would be like right at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I kind of think this was going to wrap up. I think when we spoke a few, maybe months, weeks ago about it, just kind of following the timeline, like and everybody was hopped up to hear something a little bit sooner. And I said, well, you know, just I don't think that that's how this it's not the way that Dan has worked. Mm-hmm. It's not the way that, that that a lot of these recent sales have worked. Um you know, they try to do this as quickly as possible, but in- inevitably when you're trying to move uh, billions of dollars, it doesn't really happen at the drop of a hat. Especially well, when you have a guy that's also trying to um, waive I- any liability. Yeah. Well, I think, like, if you look at all of the documentation and process, you have to go through to buy a house. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't you know, happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. So now we're looking at, you know, buying a, you know, a multi-billion dollar fran- NFL franchise, which, you know, this is an institutional organization. Uh, you know, I mean, it's been around, you know, north of, you know, 90 years. And, you know, NFL owners are definitely an, an elite cadre of people who own a very a valuable asset in the NFL team. So 
people are going to take their time. They are going to do their due diligence. And oh, by the way, this is Dan Snyder, who doesn't have the the most uh, pristine record when it comes to being an NFL owner, especially with all of the, you know, all the swirling negative stories about business practices, about uh, workplace practices. Um, the culture is damn good, as uh, the previous president said. Uh, not so much. So there's a lot to unpack for the new owner or owners to make sure they're not buying a lemon. So I think that's part of the uh, delay as well. I mean, there could be some of that. I, I think there's probably a lot less because they're probably, in my mind, just knowing how all these work, um, the new owner is going to buy it warts and all, mm-hmm. team and all, coach and all. And over the course of the year, you know, over the course of the next season, they're going to see probably what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that may mean new coaches, new leadership in, in the front mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. It may mean, um, you know, a whole new strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a lot of things on their plate. Maybe they don't even tackle uh, swapping out owners right now or mm-hmm. coaches mm-hmm. right now because they do right. have a lot of things. Like you got you to gotta work through a stadium deal. Mm-hmm. You've got to work through everything else. Um, so, I, I mean, I I also re- remember, too, like, look, Josh Harris, the owner of the Sixers, if you follow basketball a few years ago, um, you know, they worked through the process, right? Like, that team mm-hmm. intentionally lost so they could mm-hmm. get a high draft pick to, for their, like, player of the future. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the kind of the motto around um around the Sixers was trust the process mm-hmm. and it cost the coach um you know he and I think they even had like a saying uh, I rem- seem to recall it was like uh some others died uh he died so that others might live like borrowing mm-hmm. from the bible but he was more or less like the coach went down in flames <laughs> taking his team with him so that they could get a high draft pick. Now we already see what happened in the NFL when this was alleged down in in Miami of um, you know that that owner down there ale- being alleged to have mm-hmm. lost intentionally. Um, I don't know how well that would work in the NFL, um, but you know there could be very much at play. The idea here that and it's kind of an idea that I have is if you're if you're looking at this season. You let Sam go out there and play his best. And if he's a stud, like we all hope he is, like I hope he is, like I think he is, mm-hmm. he's going to do all right for you. If he's not a stud, well, guess what? You get a high draft pick out of it. Yeah. Uh, and you go get your stud. You go get whoever's in the draft next year, but he's falling in love with. So, because you're going to have to get that one, number one or number two pick. And, um, and it, unless you're outside of that, you know, you're kind of taking a, a gamble. Yeah, and I think we've learned over the years that uh, draft picks are extremely valuable, and to just give them up freely is not good uh, football sense. Well, if you think about now, speaking of draft picks, and and this kind of goes into my next thought, which is well, we're gonna talk about Chase Young and his fifth year option. But before we move to that, uh, before we move off ownership, are you gonna buy as soon as the team is is announced? sold whether it's finalized or not are you maurice hawkins gonna buy season tickets i never buy season tickets so (laughs) 
So that'd be Why? a good It's going to be more expensive, you think? Like, it could be, this could be like the hottest ticket in town. No, it's not. You think even after all this, people are still not going to want to go see the Commanders? Well, I think people want to want to go see the Commanders, but I don't know if people want to buy season tickets. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, even if, even if you like buy ownership, one, get three free at this point. Yeah. I mean, even if you get new ownership, right, it's still going to take some time to rebuild that trust with the fan base and the community where they want to make a significant investment into the team. Like, that doesn't happen overnight. Like, so whoever buys this team, they, they have a lot of work to do to repair that that community damage between the fans and the team to where they want to be closely aligned with the team, where they are buying season tickets and, you know, and merchandise and things of that nature. I mean, there's a lot of work to do. I mean, we remember that report card where we were oh, at yeah, the bottom sport. and it was just pretty much Us all Fs the across the board. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I get that. And I think though, at some point, you know, I, I would say that this would still be a hot ticket. I mean, there was a long time that this was a a ticket a ticket to be a part of, like in the mm-hmm. early two thousands before right. the Zorn years, and mm-hmm. even for a bit during the RG three years, and I guess even the before a, for, times, yeah, yeah, and I guess during you know Kirk Kirk's year, uh, a couple years there where he was he was solid, but the team had absolutely no defense. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that there were a few times. This was a kind of a hot ticket, but um, I think it's going to be popular. I think that because a new owner is going to want to come in, right? They're going to pay. I, I kind of liken it to Twitter. A new owner is going to come in and they want you to make up for what they just did, mm-hmm. right? And so on Twitter, what is it? You go to pay me my $9 for verification yeah. or I'm going to mess with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm still going to mess with you regardless if you pay your $9. <laughs> here it's going to be if you don't want to pay PSLs right um your pure personal sucker license then mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and you better buy these tickets now and buy them for as many as long as you can because mm-hmm. as soon as I'm able to I'm going to recover back all my money well I will put a caveat out there so if if the Magic Johnson's with the Harris group right right yep so I will say that Let's say the Harris Group prevails as the owner of the team, and you have, you know, a, a iconic persona and Magic Johnson as the, one of the front-facing individuals with the ownership group. I do think there's a value added of having someone of that stature a part of your team. You know, I think shots of Magic Johnson in the owner's box, or shots of Magic Johnson, you know, you know, reviewing the facilities at Ashburn and, you know, um, being at FedEx before game and talking to fans and taking pictures with fans and he's wearing a commander's polo or jacket. Uh, I do think having someone like that, uh, just a legit icon, I wouldn't even call him he's a celebrity. I would call him, yeah, I, totally. I call him yeah, an, no. an icon. Um, I think that pulls people back in. Um because there's one thing you can say about Magic Johnson, he's a proven winner. And we, and I remember seeing an interview with him a couple of uh, weeks ago where he said that he wants a Super Bowl ring because he said, I've won a ring in every other sport. I mean, he's a baseball? five-time NBA champion. He's won in NASCAR. baseball. He's won in NBA. Hey, what do you, what do you win in baseball? What do you win in baseball? Do you play baseball? No, no, I think he was a part of the ownership group with the Dodgers. 
So, oh, I mean, okay. Yeah. I yeah. So, I was I was it, missing that one. Yeah. So you know, again, I mean, even just even just his NBA credentials alone. You know, no, that's no, more no. Than he's, a, he's look. Yeah. I I love the fact yeah. that yeah. in a weird, wild way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to run a a a line from mm-hmm. uh, Jack Kent Cook mm-hmm. owning the Lakers, I was give, yep, selling to Jerry Buss, then mm-hmm. Magic comes on board, mm-hmm. and then the dynasty that they have, mm-hmm. and now here comes Magic back to Jack Kent Cook's. Old, it's full circle. It's full circle. Like that yeah. would be that for me. That'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think the thing with Magic Johnson is that he understands winning. He understands a winning culture. He understands, you know, chemistry amongst your play, your players. And the thing about it is whenever he speaks, you know, about this team, he's going to command respect automatically because he's Magic Johnson. Is that what you know? you're going to call the commanders? Command respect. The new commanders Command respect. <laughs> command respect. Command uh, respect. Put some respect <laughs> on my name. On my name, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I just think that you That's know having podcast command respect, oh, command respect, <laughs> please. Um, no, I think having him will would would be an extraordinary value added for the team. I think that he will be very uh, useful in stadium negotiations. You know, um, you know, he's been successful in business in a variety of areas. So I do think having him a part of the ownership group would be a value added for the fans. And I think people would, I mean, come to, people would come to the game to see him, you know? So, uh, I mean, you know, I don't think people show up for a game to see the owner. I mean, well, yeah, I know. No. Jordan owns the wizards. I'm sorry. Hornets. Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> he did for a minute yeah. at a part of the wizards. Yeah. Um, and he played, you know, I remember he played for Washington. Man, mm-hmm. that was, that was, that was unfortunate. It was kind of like yeah. watching Tiger at the Masters this past weekend. Oh, like, boom, <laughs> Just saying, it's, yeah. I was rooting for the guy because I, I, he and I walk around the same. It just, it all hurts. Yeah. Well, um, the fa- I think the mere fact that he was playing at the Masters, given everything that he's gone through. Seriously. Is that, that's a victory within itself. I mean, he yeah. may not, he may not ever win a major again, but the fact that he was playing at a major after basically, you know, almost dying from yeah. that car accident, you know, I, yeah. you know, kudos to him. Yeah, no kidding. I, whoever runs the marketing PR for yeah. Genesis needs yeah. to use Tiger Woods and be like, he survived. Look, he's playing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so let's talk. At, let's talk about uh, Chase Young. Right. So last year, as you recall, uh, Chase Young decides to go do commercials. Now, granted, I think he's still healing. So I, mm. I'm not giving him as much headache as I think other people are. But I think, you know, him not being with the team last year at all and mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I'm working out by myself and kind of some of the setbacks that they attributed uh, to that. And it kind of hurt him and his reputation with his his team, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think you're, if you kind of look at it, I kind of liken um, any new new-ish player with if you're in your new job and you have a new manager, like I, I've gone through this, right? Where this you do great and the person that knows you thinks that you're great, they go move on. And now you're back to making a name for yourself again. 
Um, and you may know that you're great, but this person only knows a little bit about you, if anything, and they've yet to draw their own conclusions. And so while you may have had a, a good rookie year, um, you're still that, that doesn't make enough of an impression that cements. This is who this person is in my mind. And I kind of think that's what Chase did last year is mm-hmm. by him not being able to get back on the field, not really participating with the team. I think it really hurt a lot with the team. Now they have to make a decision on his fifth year option. Um, and I think that's going to be, that. that's a tough one, right? The right. team has to make a decision by May uh, if they're going to exercise the fifth year option or push you let it ride. Um, and he still has to, you know, go through this next season regardless. Uh, there have been talk about trading him. And we saw already, um, well, Chris Olave, uh, who was drafted in the, what was he? He was fourth that draft, right? He came out of Ohio State. Um, I thought, was he like eight or ninth or something like that? Yeah, maybe it was eight or nine. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he, he's already gone for a fifth. Mm. Right? Was, am I th- I'm thinking this right, right? Mm-hmm. Was it Olave? Olave, or was Olave, it Olave, yeah. Are you know Jeff Okuda from the from the um, Detroit Lions? Yeah. Yeah, that's Okuda. Jeff Okuda just got traded. Yeah. There you go. So, so for a fifth. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and Okuda... I don't know why I had Alave stuck in my head. Because um, we thought we were going to draft him last year we before did, we traded back. We? That's yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. I was thinking a year ago. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Jeff Okuda, a cornerback, never really turned it on, but draft third overall in the first round was now traded for a fifth. Mm-hmm. A fifth? What are you going to get for Chase Young? I would say you would get higher than a fifth. But why even bother at that point? Well, here's the, the, here's the thing. If I'm the commanders, right, I'm not in any rush to sign Chase to anything right now because I think they need to do their due diligence see how he performs in an entire season. I mean, I think they've – and they've proven this mark or the strategy with Jonathan Allen. You know, Jonathan Allen, when he was on his um, contract year, he balled out of control, got big money. Uh, we just saw it last year with Deron Payne balled out of control, and he got the money. So I think we need to see if Chase Young is going to ball out of control because again, if if we we have to see that progression, we have to see Chase get back to as close as possible. And I don't know how close we'll get to rookie year Chase, where he was a disruptive force on a consistent basis. Because right now. You, I mean, between, you know, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat and a serviceable veteran, that will be a very, very good defensive line, you know, even without Chase Young. Now, I think if Chase Young is playing at 60%, 70% of first-year Chase, he's, that's still a lot better than probably 85% of the defensive ends in the National Football League. Sure. But I think that the commanders have to see what Chase Young has left in the tank. Like, they got to see if he's going to, you know, be invested in an offseason program, if he's going to come to OTAs and minicamps, if he can play a full season without getting hurt. You know, I think all of that goes into play. 
And I think you've seen that with Montez Sweat. You've seen that with Jonathan Allen. You've seen that with Deron Payne. I think you have to use that as your as your standard for Chase Young. Well, see, and Sweat. So last spring, they mm-hmm. exercised the fifth year option on Sweat. He showed mm-hmm. him enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and his hit this year is only 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. So it's not terrible. Right. But, you know, I think Chase Young will likely command 18, you think, mm-hmm. probably in that neighborhood. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I kind of in the same I'm in the same boat you are. I think that needs to we need to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I, I, at this point, I probably would sign Sweat to a longer term deal before mm-hmm. I would sign Chase Young. Because I, I want to see Chase Young put it together. Like, well, yeah, I yeah. think Chase Young's a stud. I think Chase yeah. Young's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. He just needs to step back from being maybe a little bit, from being amazing and be, like, Good. don't be the super stud. Maybe maybe be solid. Be solid. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's and that's got to be hard, too, because yeah. you come back from injury and mm-hmm. and you don't really trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I not prevent myself from getting hurt again? And mm-hmm. so. I mean, we saw flashes of brilliance with Chase at the end of last season. Oh, like yeah, he once cl- he got back on the field, he was... Yeah, yeah, he clearly wasn't at full strength, but he was being a disruptive force. I mean, I think in a San Francisco game, mm-hmm. he, you know, he was very, very disruptive and things of that nature. So I just think the team needs to see a little bit more before they make a commitment, you know, with him. Because, okay. you know, so that that's all. No yeah. shade on Chase. Yeah. Well, and also think back too. Do you remember back in 2004, you know, Washington mm-hmm. drafted... Uh, well, in 90, well, I guess what, 99, um, Washington drafted Champ Bailey. Yeah. Right? Seventh overall. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. And then when he hit the end of that that contract mm-hmm. and Washington was going to franchise him, he was like, I, will, I won't even show up. I want mm-hmm. no part of you guys. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up trading Champ Bailey mm-hmm. for uh, Clinton Portis in that right. 2004 trade. And they also gave away a second round draft pick. So it was it was champ plus a second mm-hmm. for Clint Portis. Probably I I'm gonna say it, one of the worst trades Washington's ever done. And and and, and Portis gave us some solid years. I mean, I mean he was Yeah, but he but wasn't I mean champ away a, a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Yeah. It's cause your cause your house wasn't in order. Yeah. Right, Washington was a disaster. Surprise, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and stayed that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had gone through the Spurrier years and was like, "I am out of here. My career will die if I stay here." Mm-hmm. So he rightly hit the eject button, sent Clinton Portis here, and yeah, he, Clinton was great. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I think though we've. Maybe I'm alone in this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I hear all the talk this year that like, oh, well, maybe they'll go get, maybe Washington will draft a running back in the first round. And I keep thinking like, man, that seems like a, a ill-timed decision because one. That's a bad, that's a, that's a bad idea. <laughs> terrible idea. Uh, mm-hmm. One, I, I kind of think that, you know, you, you that's not the need of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it, regardless of best player available, I kind of think you still need to kind of have some idea of what your needs are. Mm-hmm. And uh, this team has no offensive line, um, so I don't know. <laughs> you could have the best player; it ain't gonna happen. Um, but also, uh, yeah, I just I kind of feel like we'll be back in that same spot again, mm-hmm. where you're have you may have a great stud. You go get mm-hmm. 
Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's there at 16, which I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, you're going to end up trading him away because he'll be frustrated, don't want to be here. Right. Uh, but more importantly, I mean, we also have learned you don't get draft a running back in the first round. No, you don't. No, no. As evidence also by uh, the Saquon Barkley saying he won't even sign his franchise tag. <laughs> right. Like, what, uh, New York Giants are, they're an interesting group. Yeah. Because um, just when you think, like, oh, I think they may have it together, they mm. don't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, to me is that, you know, there's definitely not an alignment between what teams are trying to do and what players are trying to do in regards to making their business decisions. And that's understandable. You know, you have. Oh, yeah. I mean, every player wants the most. Every team team wants to pay the least. Right. But you mitigate mitigate that by how you draft your teams where you're not on the hook because you drafted a Saquon Barkley, you know. You know, if you're or on a, Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel you know. Elliott, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think running back. Here's the thing about: I think Brian Robinson is going to be a very good running back for Washington. I mean, coming into a good offseason program, you know, I think you um, you form him up with uh, Antonio Gibson. You know, who, I, I mean, a good who, one-two punch. Yeah, that's a nice one-two punch. And then if and you have Jared Patterson back there, that could be a third down back. So, I mean, I think. I mean, they're pretty. I mean, I think they're pretty good at the one, two, three spot with running backs. I mean, you'll draft somebody in the later rounds to add some depth to the group. You know, you might pick up somebody a free agency, but that I mean, running back is not our need. I mean, I think our top three needs are offensive line, mm-hmm. linebacker, and tight end. I think those are the three areas. And then if I was to add a four, five, be defensive back. You know, we've always had an issue with defensive backs. <laughs> Interesting, you should say that. Uh, NFL.com put out a the top two draft picks for each team. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so in the first round, they went, they said, Washington at 16 is going to go for Devin Witherspoon, a cornerback from Illinois. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sorry. I don't watch a lot of Illinois football. So Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about Devin Witherspoon. I was kind of reading up a little bit about him. Um, First round draft pick though, like I guess it kind of made me start thinking of Champ Bailey. Is when I saw this Devin Witherspoon kind of linked to us. I'm like, yeah, it's a need, but is that the highest need? No, no, I don't think so. Um, and so in the second round, they had us going for Luke Musgrave, um, who's a tight end from Tennessee, uh, from Tennessee, oh, from um, Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, and I love watching that, like Pac West football, you know, like, mm-hmm. like staying up late and, you know, like you start at the first, you know, noon games and then you kind of ride the wave all the way through to like 10, 10 o'clock 11, at night. 10, yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's, that's the life, man. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like reminiscing fall watching some Luke <laughs> Musgrave highlights. Cause I was like, Ooh, just sitting on my back porch smoking meats all day and and uh and i get to watch luke luke musgrave catch passes right um and and at the same time you know they're like oh he's like a dallas goddard comparison i'm like okay um yeah that doesn't move jerseys yeah well i mean i don't know that i need to move jerseys Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time i feel like what what I find to be curious is, and I think you're right. It's offensive line needs to be number one. Like mm-hmm. we don't know what they're doing 
what Chase Rouillet is going to do at mm-hmm. center. Is he going to stay at center? Is he coming back? Is he going to retire? Is the team going to release him? So, like, a lot of questions at center. Mm-hmm. Um, the plan last year at offensive line didn't work at all. No. Like, we could say that, that, that the budget offensive line uh, from the ex-Panthers was garbage, and it. I hope it dies. Yeah, the Dollar Tree offensive line definitely did not do its job. Seriously, yeah. I mean, they they were they they clearly went on, um, uh, you know, Craigslist. <laughs> Who has the or do they even do? I, I was thinking like, what was that thing that people used to do where you like get things like at a discount? Um, it was like some website you go to like or an app and you get like oh, oh. Uh, Overstock.com. Well, there you go. That's another one. I was thinking of like I used to get. I got a maid service once through one mm-hmm. of these, like, discount. Like, oh, you got to go who get this coupon code, and then you go, and small bit, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my brain. It's just dead. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I just think that the Wish.com offensive line guys, <laughs> they were they they were terrible. Right. Um, and and I kind of think, like, the whole, calls the whole line into question. So, mm-hmm. you know, you may have some guys there at depth, um, like Chris Paul. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like people seem high on Chris Paul. And I think maybe it's just because they think of the, the, uh, point DC, guard. uh, oh, the point guard. <laughs> I was thinking also DC radio, mm-hmm. um, host there for like five seconds, had a radio show, the mm-hmm. man cave on the team 980 before, uh, Dan shut it down. Um, but there was, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he, he shows some, some promise. You don't know what you got, and kind of, um, and some of your other offensive players mm-hmm. on the O line, like who's really going to make it. But I mean, I, I, I see, I get it. Like you probably don't want to. I don't want to Jay Gruden this thing. Go like, well, I got a guard in the first round, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But that guard in the first round kind of worked pretty good for you. Like, well, I mean, that's to, probably to where me- they should be going. I mean, here's the thing about think about when we when we drafted uh, Brandon Scherf and guard. we and Got we, a guard yeah and we drafted Trent Williams, you know, and those guys really were the foundational pieces of the offensive line. Absolutely, uh, that we gave us some some great play. And, that, and the offensive line is like just one of those those positions that gets overlooked so much because we're so enthralled with the skill players because we want to see the ball in the air. We want to see the deep catches. You know, yeah. we want to see... But you don't get that if you don't have... Yeah. If you don't... Yeah. You know, we saw last year, you know, if you don't have anybody on the line... Right. The, the, the line, they just... They, they spent more time blocking each other than they did the opposing team. Yeah, and I think offensive linemen have, you know, a lot longer shelf life in the NFL than, like, Absolutely. a, a skill player, especially running back. So, yeah. I mean... I think mean, it's Trent, like... Trent Williams is still playing. Yeah. Trent Williams is still playing. Still playing. Still Should playing. be still playing. At a, at, a, at a very high level, I might add. Should still be here. He still be still playing here. So I think that, you know, you know, this fan base respects offensive line to the utmost because of all the legacy with the Hogs. So, and I think that if you want Sam Howell to be successful in 23, Howell you give him the best offensive line you can give him so he can operate the offense and have the extra time to go through his progressions, to find the receivers, you know, or it'll give him the, um, the blocking that he needs. So if he needs to, you know, move around in the pocket, you know, he can, he can grow in the offense. Like if, if he's under duress all season long, 
he's not going to grow. He's not going to develop. You're not going to see the best out of him. And then we're going to be a sucky team again. And then we'll be right back at this juncture next year. So well, address. I think, yeah, I know. I think you're right. Because, I mean, if you think about it, every team has a Chase Young and a Montez Sweat. Yeah. Right. Like we think we're special. Like, oh, we got these two studs. But no, every team has two studs. Or at least one stud. They can get back there and be disruptive. And if you don't have an offensive line, mm -hmm. then it just becomes this person's having a sack party. Yeah. You know, and how many times did we see that whenever we go up against Aaron Donald mm -hmm. and then we're like on our ninth quarterback because right. everybody keeps getting keeps getting hurt. Right. Um, you know, just just disastrous games. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I say I agree with you. It it has to be offensive line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and nothing look, else. Look at San Francisco, right? Look at the quarterbacks that have played for San Francisco for the past couple of years, right? None of those guys are were burning up, burning up, you know, the stat lines, right? They right. were all game managers. Jimmy Jimmy Garofalo is a game manager. Brock, Brock Purdy was a game manager. Uh, we don't even know what Trey Lance is going to be because he he got hurt. Sees the field. Yeah. Never sees the field. So, to, but I say all that to say is that the 49ers went to a Super Bowl and have played in at least two other NFC championship games with journeyman quarterbacks with a really, really good offensive line. So I think that Sam Howell has a little bit of talent. You know, he's definitely has an arm. He has mobility. Give that man a quality offensive line so he can operate and yep. grow in the offense. Yep. No, I'm with you. And that's it. I think I think at 16, it's got to be offensive line. Mm -hmm. um, and then probably the same thing at 32. Yeah. Probably got to be offensive line again. You know, mm -hmm. like, let's just, you know what your need is. You need yeah. you need a, a linebacker. You need every offensive lineman that's any good. Mm -hmm. You need a tight end. Like, yeah. let's be, let's be honest. This tight end last year was, was a joke. Yeah. And it, it felt so weird because Logan Thomas had such a, that breakout season. Um, and we thought like, oh, we'd really, we'd scored here. I mean, uh, and what was that? 20? Was that the COVID year? That's COVID year. Yeah. Yeah. COVID year. And then, yeah. and then his injury happened. He fell off. Mm -hmm. Um, so you got to make a decision at tight end. Um, and they, they, it, it feels like they don't have anybody on the roster. I mean, they kept, um, they kept Reyes around too long mm -hmm. or a uh, Saint. Yeah. Santos. Uh, what was his name? Um, the the basketball player from yeah, Chile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean they, they kept him around a little bit. Sammy probably. Reyes. Sam is Reyes, right. Yeah. So they kept him around a little bit too long, holding up a position that probably should have been for somebody else. Right. Um it was, he was a luxury to have, but that's mm. not where the team needed to be right then. Right. We're, um, we're, yeah, yeah, we're not at the position where we can have a, a luxury. We need impact right. players day one. <laughs> that's what we need. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think if you look back, like I, I've been kind of thinking through like the Carolina Panthers really never had um, a great offensive line. Like that's mm -hmm. kind of the one, the weak points. Like they always just had like, yeah, guys are okay, but they weren't like great. And you mm -hmm. saw that evidence when they came and played for us. Right. Um, but they, but when they had Greg Olson, Greg Olson was, was a, a stud. A, a stud. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he was not, I mean, he was traded from the bears Mm -hmm. Um, he was a guy that, I mean, he was not fast, mm -hmm. but he had great hands and could block good. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's kind of what they are looking for. Um, and I, I, it's just not there yet. No, right? it's not, so it's, it's not there. I mean, what's the, what's the, uh, the tight end from, um, Atlanta? 
uh, th- those drafts the first round last year. You know what I'm talking about? Nah, out of I Florida. Well, no, he, no, I, mean, I, I remember you yeah. talking about I just his name escapes me. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, he's a, a stud. Yeah, he's a stud. So, I mean, if you can get somebody like that, you know, at, at 16, then, yeah, you know, go for it. But I think the, mm. the best point would be offensive line, offensive line. Because here's the thing about it. The teams that are competing for championships – have great offensive lines. Yeah. Like San Francisco has a great offensive line. Cincinnati has a great offensive line. Philadelphia has a great offensive line. And Kansas City definitely has a great offensive line. Matter of fact, Kansas City, after losing in the Super Bowl, not being in the doldrums like the commanders, after losing in the Super Bowl, they immediately addressed offensive line in the offseason. Right. And two years later, they went right back and won the Super Bowl. So I they follow the Kansas City model, you know, you know, get that offensive line up and running. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so who do you think they, they go with? I, I don't want to name, not, not a name. Let's not think about a name, mm-hmm. but let's think about a, um, you're thinking Kyle Pitts, by the way, for, yeah. Um, for the Atlanta Falcons. Cause he was amazing. Yeah. And Taylor Heineke, is going to love throwing to Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I just forgot about that. Gosh. I know. An embarrassment at Rich, Richards. I know. And, uh, you know, we still don't even, the Jets still don't even have a quarterback. So. Yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. A uh, lot to deal with. You know, if you're mm-hmm. a Packers, Packers fans are trying to believe that Jordan Love's good. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, you know, how do you go from, Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love and not and not want to hurt yourself. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Welcome to the welcome to the doldrums, guys. It seems like the Packers just can't let him go. Like they're just gonna drag this thing out. They're gonna try to get as much draft capital as possible for this deal. Yeah, until he decides he just wants to sit on the bench and then he goes yeah. to pay him anyway. Yeah. Uh so and that's that's always one what these guys can do. Um, so all right, I guess we'll end it like this. Well, who do you what position do you think Washington goes first two rounds? Uh, weeks? I would say left tackle. You think they go left tackle? Yeah, I think you got to go left, left tackle. Tackle. I mean, wow. build for build for the future. You know, get that get that uh that that decade that decade long position filled now. Um, so you know, so Mister Howell feels comfortable about his uh, blind spot being protected. And then I think you go guard after that. Wow. So your offensive line, like through the first two days, you're just offensive line, the whole thing, huh? Yeah. I, I would say if not offensive line, then I would say tight end or middle or middle linebacker. I mean, if you can find a stud middle linebacker that, you know, has all the skills that can call the plays and run the defense, yeah. then go there. I mean, I thought we, we thought we had that with, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, um, we, our, who did we, who did we draft two years ago? Um, been so long. I, I need a roster. Um, <laughs> That's but, you got to come prepared. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I know it didn't work yeah. out at linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. Well, no, he's, he's. I mean, he's a good no, he's outside great. outside linebacker. He's very speedy. But as far as that middle linebacker occupying that that uh, London Fletcher, Mike Singletary type of role, where he's calling out the plays and getting the You're defense. You're thinking of Jamin Davis. Yeah, Jamin Davis. Yeah. I was really gonna mess with you and say you're thinking of David Mayo. <laughs> no, no, no. I, and we know you do yeah. have Cody Barton. 
Yeah. Don't forget, you know, we yeah. lost uh And then, and we and we lost um Mr. Mullet. Yeah. You know, so uh, we got Cody Barton, who's basically mm. him. A clone. <laughs> yeah, it's basically we exchange one for the other. From Seattle, right? Yeah, Cody Barton. You know, mm. I'm sure you can get your Cody Barton jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I guess look, uh they're saying ESPN says that the number one left tackle as of right now is Peter Skowarski mm-hmm. from Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And the guy grades out as a 92, 6'4", 313. Broderick Jones from Georgia. See, I take a guy from Georgia. I do too. Uh, yeah, I mean, just he's a guy. Playing he, su- plays, he's he plays superior competition. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, or Paris Johnson out of o- Ohio State. I'd probably mm-hmm. go one of those. I, yeah, anybody that's there, a mauler, a left tackle, mm-hmm. um, or, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't go guard first round. I think there's going to be some guards in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there was a if there was a center out there, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably get a center maybe second round, mm-hmm. third round, definitely. Especially if you could get like a, like a, uh, um, maybe uh, Osiong, Otolabe, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I'm ruining that guy's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was from Michigan, Michigan's mm-hmm. um, uh, center. Mm-hmm. So he's six three three oh nine. Um, he grades out as a seventy seven. He's mm-hmm. the third best um, tackle or uh, center in the draft. I'd probably mm-hmm. go. For, I I yeah. Let's just go offensive line. Just go yeah. for it. Yeah. I mean, because the other stuff has not worked, right? So no. No, it hasn't at all. Yeah, it I mean, we don't we don't need receiver. I mean, receiver we're more than covered. So <sighs> if we get a receiver, I think people are rightly should lose their mind. They should lose uh, their mind. And and I don't think you take a draft. I don't think you take a running back in the first round. I'm sorry. I don't care how good B.J. Robinson is. He's amazing. Um, but I I no, I don't think that this team can do that right now. I think they need to go line. You'll find a running back in the fifth round, fourth mm-hmm. round that will like just kill it. Um. And if we if we have the same mindset on offensive line like we've had on defensive line, um, you know, watch out. So yeah, well, yeah, just think if Bruce Allen was here, uh, we yeah. just go get anybody that played at uh, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. So all right, so we'll see if any of that happens. Uh, we'll see. We've got uh, still two more weeks until we get to the draft. Um, the 27th, 28th, 29th. I love the draft though. Like the dr- yeah, the draft is like, you know, the draft is like, the draft is like, um, brain candy for idiots. It, it is, it is, it is brain candy because it's like, it's like, it's like Christmas and Easter and Halloween all wrapped up the run for football fans because we're, we are all like, you know, in optimism of what could be. And we look at all these highlights. The teams never better players. when you're at the draft. Yeah, exactly. Never better. Yeah. So it's it, it definitely it's it's almost like you know the desert island a desert island of the off season we we don't have anything to do with football then you get this 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 uh, desert island of the draft in the middle of the ocean and we go there and there's coconuts and there's dancing girls and there's uh, drinks with umbrellas and we get to enjoy it and then we get off at the end of the draft go I think back you need into, to go on vacation I think I do too. 
That's all you're describing is you're just going on vacation. Normal people just go on vacation. Yeah, it's called Fiji, right? Yeah, yeah or anywhere. I mean, really. Yeah. It could be Myrtle Beach for you as far as and I, I, could, I go to the wharf in D.C. for August. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. So, well, we'll see if any of that happens. If the team sells, we'll jump back in before that. Uh, then once the draft is over, we'll have a lot to talk about because then we'll be about, ooh, 30 days away from the f- final owners meeting, some OTAs. And then, uh, wouldn't you know it, before you know it, it'll be, well, let's see, July, nothing happens because everybody's off mm-hmm. until the very end of the month. Yep. And we and then- start with training camp. Yeah. Get so, into the rhythm. And, got, get, and then you're back at it. So and then really yep. the year's over. So yep. think of this as we have literally two more weeks until the year's over. That's mm-hmm. all you got to do. Uh, yeah. Put it all together like that. Because after That's that. That's a great like, way of looking at it. Because once the draft goes down, everything picks up. This yeah, the schedule activity. release will yeah. come usually two, three weeks later. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the owners meeting, OTAs. Um, and then the, the break for summer. There's always the break in summer. And then mm-hmm. as soon as you as soon as you do preseason, I mean uh, our training camp, then you're in preseason. Then you're at first game of the year. Then, and then you're pretty much in December. Yeah, and then you, you get that litany of welcome those to 2024. Yeah, you get that litany of those slow mo receiver videos of Terry McLaurin making a spectacular catch. And we're like, oh mm-hmm. wow, he's gonna be so great this off season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it then. Yep. Till next time.